It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. One just has to pick up a magazine or turn on a television to see that we, as women, are bombarded daily with media images of female physical perfection, leaving us with the most unrealistic of expectations as to how we should look. No wonder female body confidence is falling while incidents of eating disorders are on the rise. What's most alarming is the way this affects young girls. A reduced sense of self-worth can create anxiety, stress, even depression, causing relationship issues while potentially impairing academic and job performance. In direct contrast, Confidence in Bloom is designed to send the opposite message to any woman of any age, shape, or background who has ever felt inadequate, unworthy, or tossed aside because of how she looks. You matter. You are enough now. I, Tina Spolatini, a woman of substance, insist women deserve to be happy, confident, successful, not to mention so totally in love with themselves and their own bodies just the way they are. Through an ongoing series of intriguing conversations with women from all walks of life who are all extraordinary in their own right, I will take us on a journey of ultimate self-acceptance and empowerment. Together we'll share the stories, laugh, learn, maybe even shed a few tears when you realize how far many women have come to realize just how wonderful life is when you stand in your own power, feeling fantastic in your own skin. Today, Joey Flessner is my guest, nationally recognized as an authentic, motivating mentor for female entrepreneurs. Jacqueline Joey Flessner is a certified business etiquette trainer and professionalism guide. She founded the Etiquette Network Incorporated in 2011, following her passion to assist individuals enhance their professional and social images through refined networking skills and by embracing a less self-centered, more others-focused approach. Since 2002, Mrs. Flesner has inspired thousands of entrepreneurs and generously shares her wealth of experience and business-building creativity with clients seeking to elevate their personal brands and increase their income. Prior to launching the Etiquette Network, she earned a Bachelor of Arts in Theater from Pepperdine University, leading to work as an actress and producer in the Los Angeles film industry. She also enjoyed a nine-year career as a top leader in the networking marketing industry by inspiring and training a nationwide team built of professionalism, consistency, and innovative sales and marketing strategies. After discovering a gap in traditional networking groups, she launched Professional Moms Network in 2013 in order to foster meaningful connections between women and most recently introduced an interactive virtual community, the Gloss Loft, where successful women consistently grow, link with others, share, and shine. With time in Bristol, Rhode Island, and Oklahoma City as the happy wife to Jeff and proud mama of son Cade, daughter Dayton, sorry, and furry kid Kaiser. Welcome, Joey. <laughs> Thank you for much, so, so much for having me. I'm happy to be here today. I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time. That's awesome. Yeah, that's excellent. Me too. You are a bundle of knowledge 
I I belong to the Gloss Loft. I have just this year, and I I'm always in awe at how much you know and how many people you know. Um, now, of course, your your occupation or your career of networking started quite some time ago, and I mean, I mean, let's face it, uh, we network ourselves like every single day and we start when we start talking. Is that not right? Absolutely. We're we're networkers just by nature. Hopefully some of us are keen on improving our ability to be great networkers. But yes, I think that's part of the human journey is just the ability to connect with other people and to do it well. Right, exactly. So um, all these, the, the Etiquette Network, Professional Moms Network, and the Gloss Off, they all are still ongoing, am I right? Yes, so the Etiquette Network is the the cor- corporation, essentially, that I founded in 2011, and it powers those other two initiatives, Professional Moms Network and the Gloss Loft. So one is really the legal body. Uh, I'm a certified business etiquette trainer, and when I launched the Etiquette Network back in 2011, that was the path that I was going to stay on, offering professional development from an etiquette perspective to businesses small and large. And then as most of us have experienced, life journey takes us in all sorts of fun directions. And so about two years into that movement is when I launched Professional Moms Network. I love that. Yeah, that's so it's kind of like the the etiquette network is the mom and then the others are sort of the kids of that. Good. That's a great way to to look at it. Yes, it's the governing body, if you will, and then various initiatives that the etiquette network offers would consist of Professional Moms Network, our virtual community Gloss Loft, which we're so excited that you're a part of, and then Insiders Index is our newest uh, beta program that we just launched in about March of this year, which is an interactive directory for women online. But they're all three in an effort to support women, to foster relationships between women, and to bring women together to share their passions with the world. Right on. That's awesome. So what what kind of um, – now, obviously, there's, like, uh, a, something you follow, like a format that you follow for the etiquette. What kind of etiquette would you um, – I'm trying to think of how to ask this question. Like, etiquette is how you do things, the proper way. How, how do you define that in business? Because, I mean, every business is different. Sure, and that's a great question um, because obviously we can attach a bunch of rules to any scenario that we're in, but etiquette varies from culture to culture, business to business, household to household. Etiquette, a lot of people interchange that word with the term good manners, and they're actually very different. Good manners is in a nutshell, making others feel comfortable when they're around you. And that is universal, whereas etiquette differs depending on where you are. So a real easy example, 
that I like to throw out to help people understand is it's always good manners no matter what culture you're in, no matter what household, no, no matter what business you're in, to greet someone in a friendly way, right? We would agree that that's universal to be friendly in our greeting. However, the rule of etiquette as when it's defined for how we go about greeting someone can be best seen differently as an example, in the United States, we traditionally shake hands as a way of greeting, whereas if you go to Asia or Japan, somewhere in one of those Asian countries, instead of a handshake, they bow to one another. So etiquette in the United States, as one example, would not be the same as proper etiquette in another country. But what we can all agree on is the good manners piece, the ability to make people feel comfortable around you. And so when people ask me in general about the rule of etiquette, I say it's very, very simple. Think about others before yourself. How can you make someone else feel comfortable in any scenario, in any situation? And if you go at it with that mindset, then you automatically are following proper etiquette. Uh, that Yeah, that makes sense because and that again is that's following your core beliefs as well, right? Well, that's really where our mission comes from is the idea of being less self-centered, more others focused. And as you and I both know, the world has a different message for us. The world tells us you better put yourself first because nobody else is looking out for you. You better think, you know, think about your needs before anyone else's needs or you're going to get left behind. That's the messaging of the world. And my messaging, first and foremost, is inspired by my faith. And what my faith says is that you're to treat others even more elevated than you treat yourself. And so if we're only out for ourselves, then we really only have one fan. We're our only fan. But if we're looking out for everyone else, then we have countless fans. We have unlimited fans. So this idea of promoting oneself is backwards in my view. I believe that if we can look for ways to support and respect other people first, then inevitably our own needs are going to be met because others see that we're caring for them and they're going to care for us in response. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. And so, I mean, I would like to think that everybody goes into business with that in mind, but I'm going mm -hmm. to assume as well that you have to sort of um, bring that to the forefront with many of your clients. Yes, sadly, that is true. Sadly, most people have been brought up with this mindset of, being first and winning and I'm a highly competitive person in fact I played four sports in high school took them very very seriously I'm still what I would consider competitive but there's a, an amazing shift that happens when our mindset switches from being competitive to being collaborative and when we look for the greater good it's amazing how much more we as individuals achieve. And so not that there's anything wrong with healthy competition. I just think that we don't need to be in a position where we're putting others down in order to rise up. Right. There's a difference between 
competition and just being plain mean. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. there's, there's always that difference. But a lot of people, I, I would think most people would never say that they're mean, but they are trying to get ahead in the world instead of looking for ways that they may support other people, which inevitably will get them ahead. So it's just a little slight shift. Uh, I think women in, you know, in the market that I'm in, we are beginning more and more probably over the last, I would say, decade or so to embrace that spirit of looking for win-win opportunities, looking for collaborative opportunities. But usually in most conversations, there's still that overriding voice that we are often taught that you better be out for yourself, that that you better be fully into self-care. You know, we sort of switched it into the self-care thing now, too, I think. Like, if you aren't um, taking care of yourself, you can't possibly take care of other people. And I do agree with that. I certainly do agree with that. But the problem is, is we take that to another degree and then leaving people behind. And so I think that can be a little bit of a dangerous encouragement. Yes, we want to care for ourselves, but we should always be also trying to care for other people. Right. Yes, I totally agree with that. So let me ask you, what do you define as confidence? Hmm. Good question. So I think confidence for me is being comfortable in your own skin. It's doing what it takes to walk into any environment and feel like you belong there. And sometimes that means getting a certain level of education. It means, you know, doing the work leading up to any scenario that you're about to walk into so that you feel confident. But I think confidence really stems from just knowing who you are, knowing what your beliefs are, and not being afraid to share that with the world. So confidence is one of those things for me. Um, It's interesting because I feel like there have been many times in my adult life, maybe even in my teen years that I'm just not aware of, but in my adult life where my confidence sometimes has been a deterrent to people because that's one thing that I've never lacked. And I think there's a lot of reasons why I've never lacked confidence, lots and lots of gratitude to my family for instilling that in me. But in having relationships with women who are my great friends now, it's interesting because they'll tell me that when they very first met me, maybe even a first impression, was that there was a little bit of an intimidation factor by my confidence because I walk into any environment as if I own that environment. I am confident in who I am. So, you know, it's interesting because we promote confidence a lot, but yet there are many scenarios where people don't necessarily want you to be confident. They are a little bit intimidated by that. So I think there's a fine balance between coming off as confident versus coming off as you know, being a know-it-all or being stuck up or some of those things. And sometimes confidence can be misread. It can be misunderstood. Especially by someone who doesn't have the confidence that you have or that the right. other, like whoever they're watching, right? Yes, yes. I think it's always comes back to our perceptions of other people are fueled by 
what we feel internally. And a lot of times we'll project that on someone else, you know, blame someone else for the way we're feeling. But as you and I both know, our perception or our feelings about other people stem from what we have going on inside. Exactly, exactly. So you kind of touched a little bit on self-care and self-love. And um, tell me what your, I mean, you, you kind of told me what you thought of it, but tell me what you, what kind of a practice you have for self-care that doesn't really come off as being selfish mm-hmm. in your, sure, in your well, mind. Sure. So that's a great question, and I think it's a hard philosophical um, balance to find, at least for me personally. My, as I shared with you earlier, my faith is a, a, an integral part of my life. I take it very seriously um, as one who tries to emulate Christ and how he treated other people. I fall short of that so, so often, but I do begin my day with an intent to set my course for that day and whatever it's going to throw at me that I try to respond kindly. And what I like to say is that it is, really, really easy to respond kindly to kind people, but the challenge is responding kindly and with grace to people who don't deserve it, and really that's all of us from time to time, but when we like to think about, you know, who are the nice people of the world, the kind people of the world, the confident people of the world, they're not necessarily the ones that are kind and confident and graceful in the easy situations because we all have the capability of doing that. It's really the ones that shine and stand out in the tough situations when they're kind and graceful and exude confidence in relationships with people that maybe don't respond as kindly or don't deserve it. And so for me, the self-care piece comes in in knowing who my creator is and following that lead. And that, to me, becomes unselfish because the whole thought of it is, I know that my creator, God, is taking care of me, guiding me in the direction where I need to go, putting me in the rooms that I need to be in, introducing me to the people that I need to be introduced to, and so he's caring for me. I don't have to set out to be thinking about a ton of self-care because I begin my day convening with him in my quiet space, setting my intentions for the day to honor him and to glorify him. And so that allows me to hopefully be on the lookout for other people that need support in some way. So I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but that's where I begin on a personal faith journey with my own self-care. Yeah, no, that does. I mean, that's part of it, right? I mean, connecting with your creator is, I mean, that's, sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes it's just, you know, a, a time that we we pray or we talk or we do whatever it, you know, we do. I used to think talking to myself, I was talking to God, right? I mean, that's, mm. that, that's part of keeping, you know, the the balance and the ground groundedness does that make sense right keeping grounded right staying grounded sure yeah because you're giving god or christ the the control of keeping you in line 
I love that. I do like that. Well, ideally, we are nothing aside from that. And so we try so hard to control our destiny, to control our business, to set these goals. And yes, all of that is very important and very needed, but it all has to stem from who we were created to be. And if we're not clear on that, if we don't have clarity on that, if we don't have clarity on where we came from and who created us and how much we're really loved and valued and unique, then all the other stuff is going to continue to remain a mystery and we're going to struggle for that clarity. So the self-care for me begins with just acknowledging that I can't do it on my own, that I am not strength enough to do anything on my own aside from him, apart from him. So for me, that's first and foremost self-care. Then there are the things that I do that I totally enjoy, like Prior to hopping on with you today, I had a massage. I need to do that to keep, you know, myself stress-free. I play pickleball four times a week. I think I shared that with you. That's the fastest-growing sport in the United States. I don't know if all of your listeners are familiar with pickleball, but that is a way for me to de-stress and to do something that I enjoy, to care for myself. So it's not that I that I don't believe that we shouldn't find things that we enjoy that fuel us to to bring us um, energy and to to fulfill us. But I think if we're not starting with our creator and our foundation and where we really were birthed from, then all those other quote-unquote self-care activities become futile. Absolutely. I do agree with you 100% there. So if, and I know that I'm sorry. I was just I was just going to say I know in the women that I'm that I speak with in being a coach and in helping them find clarity, the ones that seem to do better and can get to that clarity quicker have that foundational understanding of who they are and what purpose they're pursuing. And the ones that are struggling for clarity in their business, because I'm first and foremost a business coach and then the life coaching piece comes along. I'm certified as both, but I became certified as a life coach because the business coaching always turned to life issues, you know. And so the women that are struggling the most with clarity it always seems to stem back to their foundation. Where are you from? Who created you? What is your really, what is your heart really on fire for? And once we can begin to talk through some of those deeper issues, it's amazing how clarity begins to present itself for them. Because usually when there's lack of clarity, it's generally because we're fighting against some truth that we know deep down that we're ignoring. That really makes a lot of sense, though, right? It's like you think that this is the path that you want to take, but your inner soul is saying, "Mm, I don't know if this really fits with me Mm -hmm. lots Mm -hmm. of times, right? Yes, yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. I I can see that, absolutely. Um, When it comes to your business, how do you, like, I don't want to say teach. How do you encourage your your clients to grow their confidence in order for them to build their business? Well, it it differs for each client. So 
to begin with, I have to get a better understanding of who they really are and what they're trying to accomplish and some of these foundational things that we're talking about. And I have to also recognize where each one as an individual might be lacking confidence. And where does that lack of confidence stem from? Or what are some of the pain points perhaps that they've experienced in their past that's causing them to lack confidence in a certain area? And they may not even recognize it as lacking confidence, but there's not really a blanket answer for, for how I would do that. It it comes through individual conversations. Some may, may need to do more prayer or more quiet time. Some may need to read more empowering books or listen to more encouraging podcasts. Some may need to gain physical confidence by taking on a new health routine or taking on some sort of a a martial arts class to feel physically strong so that they can feel emotionally strong. So I think it really just depends on where each individual is on their own journey. It's not a textbook answer. There's not one uh, offer of guidance that I can give that will fit every single one of my clients. That's where the coaching piece is so personal and so valuable because we as coaches, and you know this, we take the time to really get to know our people, to understand their history, to develop a level of vulnerability where they will let us peel back their onions so we can understand really what's at the heart of their challenges. And until we know that, and that doesn't come in one 30-minute conversation, that comes over being in relationship with someone over the course of time. Until we can identify that history, we can't possibly help them move toward more confidence because your level of confidence and lack of it in certain areas is going to differ from mine. Right, 100%. Now, would you say that um, the majority of your clients that come to you lack the confidence in business. I mean, obviously, if you need a business coach, there's a reason. So would you say it's more about, um, I don't know what I'm doing, or is it about, I don't know what to do next? Mm, I don't know. I have two business coaches myself, so I don't know that it's not it's not so much that you ever don't need one or that someone only needs one because there's a gap. I think the beauty of partnering with a mentor or a coach in any capacity in your life is for them to spur you on and to have someone come alongside you that's giving you a different perception than your own. So I think everyone, no matter what level of success they're at, can benefit from having a mentor or a coach come alongside them. So I don't know if that is leading in the right direction of your, your question. Um, if Will you repeat just the end of that for me? Help me go yeah, in a different so I, direction I wanted, with that. Right. So I, I wanted to know, like, if you your clients are coming to you because they lack confidence in where they're going or who mm. they are. Sure, sure. Um, for me... Most of my clients come to me not always because they lack confidence. They may lack the knowledge of how to get from point A to point B. They may need me in more of a consultant capacity. They also oftentimes need clarity or even more sales training. They they think they set out to do a business, but they notice that they're really 
not doing the work that needs to be done to actually make a sale. We as women specifically are really good about what I call shuffling papers. And in in today's world, what shuffling papers also looks like is playing on Canva, doing posting on Facebook or on Instagram, taking pictures of things. We like to spend time shuffling the papers, doing the things that we're confident in because they're non-threatening to us. We can't be rejected by Canva. We can't be rejected by posting on Facebook per se. Maybe nobody likes the post and we feel rejected, but the act of that is not rejection in itself. However, the act of me calling you, Tina, to say, hey, Tina, can you join us this year for Glossy Getaway? Here's the you know amount of investment it's going to take. And me actually having that straightforward sales conversation with you, now I'm opening myself up to you rejecting what I'm offering, and that feels as an internal rejection. So if there's ever the lacking of confidence piece, it's usually because those people aren't necessarily lacking confidence, they're lacking skill. They're lacking skill of how to sell, of how to overcome objections, of how to match the benefits they provide with the needs that their potential client has. And so oftentimes I think that it's their need to simply obtain more skill. And as we do that, it's amazing how our confidence grows. Let's think about a sports analogy. If I have got a basketball hand, basketball in my hand the very first time, I'm not going to go out on the court with all the confidence in the world that I'm going to win the game or score the winning free throw. But after hours and hours and hours in the gym of shooting free throws over and over and over and over again, now my confidence begins to soar because I've put new skills into practice and I've practiced those skills over and over and over and over and over again. Business is the exact same way. Until we acquire the new skills and begin to put them into practice over and over and over again, miss a lot of free throws, which means get a lot of rejection, until that happens, it's really impossible for us to have full confidence. Right. Yeah, practice makes perfect. So So having a coach offers that not only that direction of here's how you, here's the form you use to shoot the free throw. Here is the app you need to set up. Here is the way you handle this objection when someone says it. Having a coach not only offers that guidance, but it also offers that accountability. So now when they come back to me and I say, okay, your, your goal this week was to land five new clients who each bought X product. And at the end of the week, when I follow up with you and you say, well, my goal was to get five, I only got two, when we go back and look at why we didn't get two, why we, we only got two and didn't get five, it's either because we stopped having the skill or we stopped implementing it, we felt rejected so we stopped, or we got so busy with X, Y, and Z that we stopped. And the reason we allowed ourselves to get so busy with X, Y, and Z is because X, Y, and Z felt a lot more comfortable than having to pick up the phone to make more of the sales calls to achieve the goal of five. 
it always comes back to those action steps. And they're very fun, fluffy excuses like, oh, I needed to take my daughter here or there, or, oh, my husband ended up taking me away for the weekend, or I decided to, you know, I got offered to be on a podcast, and so instead of making sales calls on Wednesday afternoon, I recorded a podcast. That's great, but there's still excuses. There's still reasons why we didn't work really hard until we reached that goal. When I was in high school as a basketball player, we were not allowed to leave the gym every day until we had actually made 50 free throws. So you might be there for three hours if you weren't good at it. And you had to keep shooting until you hit that goal. Female entrepreneurs, what they do is they stop shooting. They stop shooting the ball because it gets too hard. And so they're not hitting their sales goals. And that does come down to confidence, I guess, in the end. Yeah, and and so do you think that that is because, like, do you think that women, we give up because we have so many other things on our plate? Or do you think it's just, yeah, like, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I can't do this. Like, obviously, this is not my thing. I'm not doing it anymore, right? Or is it just because, like, you know, like if I have to make 50 shots and I'm at three and I got to sit, like I got to stay in the gym now until I make 50, I have to go home. I have to get supper on the table. I have to, you know, bring my daughter to soccer practice. I have to do this. I have to do that. Like, do you think that we have too much on our plates? Because, I mean, let's face it, you're not going to phone the house at four o'clock and say, I'm not going to make it home for supper. Feed yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, if, sure. If we have a commitment, sure. I mean, if we have a commitment to make, do you think that that's like what our? I, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to generalize all women, but I know the women I know. We take it all on, right? We right. take everything on. So for what ourselves. you're referring to is what I call as the Supergirl syndrome, and the Supergirl syndrome again is the messaging of the world, and it's really been very recent. Now we're getting into something a little bit deeper, which may not be popular with a lot of listeners from my perspective, but we're getting into sort of the feminist movement syndrome. And that really started back in about the 1960s when we um, started telling there were some cultural shifts going on, and I'm only speaking in the United States and Canada, I'm sure experienced something similar. But essentially... Um, we became this society who the women were now no longer at home taking care of the, the children as a tradition. It was more of this, let the women do what the men do. And what happens then is it's, again, that self-approach, that self-centered approach is you can go out and do anything, be anything, even if it means sacrificing some of the family things at home. And so we now have this Supergirl syndrome that has developed in about the last 50 years, the messaging that tells women you can do it all and be it all. And I have a real issue with that. Yes, I agree that we can do it all. Yes, I agree that we can be it all, but we can't do it all and be it all at one time. And so there are seasons in our life. There are seasons when we have to get food on the table for the family And then there are those of us that aren't in that season any longer because our kids have gone off to school or maybe we didn't have children and we don't have those same responsibilities. So, again, it's going to differ from household to household. But if the reason that you can't stay in the gym to hit your 50 free throws is because that you need to go out and get dinner on the table and that is a legitimate thing every single day, 
then you have to come back to that moment of clarity that we talked about in this conversation early on. What is your true purpose in life right now? Because what I'm hearing you say is your true priority is being a mom first, right? If it's if we're using that dinner scenario that you have to get dinner on the table for your spouse and your kids, then your true priority is to be a spouse and to be a mother. And so now our priorities might be a little bit out of line. And when we go back to that goal setting, all right, let's ask ourselves, are five sales really possible if your number one priority is to be a mom? And that's amazing if that's your number one priority. And that's what you probably should be focusing on, not the world telling you that you can be Supergirl and have this amazing business while also making your family your first priority. It is possible, but for those of us that have lived in that space where we're trying to do both, it's a really heavy emotional lift and something has to give. Either our sales numbers have to give or we have to not be home at 4 o'clock for dinner every night, and you have to choose. You have to choose. Of course, family is always first. I want women choosing that first. That means they have to take a step back and be realistic in their business goals. Maybe now is not the time to build an empire because the empire you should be building is your family. Right. I I, I do agree with you, um, like 100%. I think it's, and it's all about prioritizing, right? It's not even yeah. about confidence. You know, it's about prioritizing what's important right now. And like you said, we all have seasons in our life, right, that that's all going to shift. Your kids are both away at school, and so your priority, I mean, you're always a mom first, right? You will drop the world for your kids if they have an emergency. But in a day-to-day life, you know, you, you have to prioritize what's more important, your business, growing your business, right, or sitting back and just sort of enjoying life. Like you, you have to make that choice. Correct. The, the challenge is, is when I have clients that come to me that they need money to pay the bills, right? They, they, this is part of family care because they have to earn X amount of dollars in order to keep a roof over their head. Let's say, you know, maybe they're the primary breadwinner of their family or perhaps they're a single mom or something of that nature. And so they're coming to me to say, look, I have to earn a minimum of $4,000 a month in order to keep my home or in order to, you know, pay my, my kids private school or whatever their, whatever their needs are. If they have that monetary goal and they're coming and saying, my life is going to be severely interrupted if I don't earn $4,000, then they have no choice but to stay in the gym until they hit 50 free throws. Right. Right? They have no choice. (laughs) And so that may mean certain things are sacrificed. I would venture to say that 90% of the women in my specific community, they're not in that desperate need of the finances. They have other means of income, whether it be from a spouse or Um, They've retired from a job or maybe they have two jobs, they have a day job and they're building a side gig here. Usually the ones that are bailing out on their goals are the ones that are not needing the money to keep a roof over their head. Because if you need the money to keep a roof over your head, you're going to do whatever it takes. 
And I would say 90% of the women in my community have these dreams of pursuing their passions and building a community or building a business or, you know, getting some recognition for being top in sales with their company. They have other desires of why they're building a business. It's for the recognition. It's for the, you know, for the accomplishment. It's because they are passionate about helping women feel confident, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, they're still going to eat. Do you see the difference there? 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's the women that tend to be coming into my community are the ones that mm, at the end of the day, they could kind of take this business or leave it if they had to. It's almost um, a fun project or an extra project on their own. The clients that I do have. Yes, the clients that I do have that say this is my primary income and if I don't make X money amount this week, I'm going to have to go put money on my credit cards or take out a loan or I might lose my home. Those women have a different level of stick to than the women who are building a secondary business for a hobby, for a passion, for a second career. It's a different level of intensity. Wow. Yeah, I I could see that. I mean, I'm I'm a hobby business owner, right? I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love what I do, but it's also not putting bread on the table. Yes, right. Correct. So, I totally understand what you're saying. If I so, had do you see to... how it's easier for us? And and gratefully, my husband, um, I'm you know married, have a, a husband with an amazing job. If I were to dump the ship tomorrow to say my businesses are done, it would slightly change our lifestyle. There are certain things that um, we afford now that, that, you know, might need to shift a little bit. But let's be frank, I'm not losing my home. I'm not, you know, my lifestyle is going to change a little bit, but I'm not going to be in any dire need to go out and find another job. And so, it's very easy for me to say, if I'm in that mindset, to say, you know what, I got offered to go play a round of golf, which I love, or to go play pickleball, or to go on a vacation. I don't need to hit these sales goals because I don't really need the money. And right. that's where female entrepreneurs have to understand their mindset. Do you really need this in your life? If so, you wouldn't be missing your weekly goals. You wouldn't be missing them. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So if you could give our listeners just one piece of advice or one, you know, maybe a quote or something that would resonate with them, what would that be? One piece of advice or one quote that would resonate them. Well, obviously my, my quote that I go by, my, my company's mission is to be less self-centered, more others focused. So we're, we'll start with that one. I'm going to give you two. I would, I would say let's start with that one. Anyone in life, wherever you are, you can implement that right away. You can implement that when you're driving down the road and someone needs to pull out in front of you without cussing them out or doing any negative gestures that you might do, you could just casually let them in and say, you know what, it's not going to make me late to let one more car in. That's one beginning of a positive ripple as an example. Another might be someone behind you in line is 
buying, you know, has two items in their hand and you have a cart full. To let them go ahead of you is a way to say, I'm going to put you before myself. And that, again, sets that positive ripple of kindness out into the world. So any scenario that you're in, if you think about less self-centered, more others focused, that's always a healthy direction to go into. And that will apply in anything in your business as well. So if you're thinking, I need to, um, you know, I need to pick my daughter up from school today, but I also need to make another sale, you need to think, am I making this sale just so I'll look good, just so I'll earn some recognition? If so, then I need to give my daughter my attention, right? So putting her have yourself. So being the less self-centered, more others-focused human is always a healthy choice. Number two, the one that came to mind is our tagline for Professional Moms Network, and that is where two or more women gather, a mastermind happens. And so I would encourage you to be in community with other women. Find opportunities like this lovely opportunity, Christina, that you've provided me today to just have a conversation with you. It's you and I getting our heads together, having a conversation, and we're really creating a mastermind here. For anyone listening, I know I'm confident that they're going to gain a couple of nuggets out of our conversation today, out of our mastermind that's going to move them in a positive direction. And so if you're a woman, especially a woman in business or even not in business, find a community of other women where you can get together, put your heads together, and through that, we can truly change the world for positive for positive gain. Thank you so much. That was absolutely beautiful. And I do agree. There is always an opportunity to put others first. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when we shift our mindset to begin looking for those opportunities. For sure, for sure. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I feel like you have you have so much knowledge that we could sit here for the entire day and you could you know, blow our minds some more. <laughs> well, I the, hope we'll have you back the... sometime in the future. We'll talk more. Oh, I hope so. Yes, absolutely. Confidence and if any of your the... listeners are, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to no, mention no, if ahead. any of your listeners um, would like to connect with you and I over in the Gloss Loft, that would be fantastic. They can find the information at glossloft.com and we would love to invite them to one of our monthly meetups. We host a minimum of 10 Zoom get-togethers every month and so we would love to be that source of encouragement for any of your listeners. Yes, thank you. I meant to give you that min- that second for the plug and I it totally left my brain so I'm sorry about that. But yes, everyone no, welcome. No, it's great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you again. Confidence in Bloom is a celebration of self-love, a confirmation that you're an amazing, desirable, brilliant, gorgeous, talented woman, even though you may not look like a screen star or a supermodel. The truth is they don't even look like that. We offer unconditional love to our partners, our children, our extended family, even our pets. It's high time we got out of our own way and learned to unconditionally love ourselves. Chic definitely does come in every shape, so if you want something to believe in, start with yourself. If you'd like to be a guest here on Confidence in Bloom and chat with me, contact me through Instagram at InfoBloomStyling or by email at Tina at InfoBloomStyling.com or through the Divas That Care website. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. 
Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.